Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us today. Full show. We've got R.J. Brown, former football player at Southern Miss, about to join us. Matthew Guidry on the show today. Kelly Sander and Carl Reynolds. So uh, we got to get right to it. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and the Eagle Hour. Delicious food. They cook it seven days a week in a community near you in our town here. It's right by the mall, and the food is always fantastic. So we ask you to support Dickie's Barbecue Pit, and we thank them for their support of our show. All right, Bob and Luke, First Bank Studios. Let's get right to it. R.J. Brown was a uh, big lineman for the Golden Eagles, and uh, he played on the offensive line and played for special teams as well. 6'3", 300-pounder, came to us uh, from Jones College, and uh, R.J.'s on the phone with us. R.J., we're glad to have you on the show. I mean, good to be here. Great to be here, man. Well, we're glad to have you. Uh, Now, i got to tell you something before we get started. My partner here, Luke Johnson, was a punter for Southern Miss, and i got to tell you something, R.J. We were talking to an offensive lineman last week, and Luke referred to the offensive lineman as Fat Boys. And he said that was an endearing, an endearing uh, name for you guys. Is he right about that? Yeah, we we, we love that term, you know, because <laughs> it, it, it seems like it's something special. Everybody can't be fat, boy. <laughs> All right, 6'3", 300 pounds when you played at Southern Miss. i got to ask you this question. At what point in your life did you realize at what age that, hey, I'm a lot bigger and stronger than most of the guys I hang out with? Uh, I say, uh, I think I was about, I think I was about eleven years old. Like going into this summer, I was eleven years old. And that summer, uh, I grew about five inches and gained probably about forty pounds. I went from about five four, about five nine, five nine and a half. And I was like, yo, football is probably for me. I I, I grew up real fast. I hit a real fast growth spurt. Right. All right, Luke, that you can face him. Here's R.J. Brown that you refer to as a fat boy. R.J., Bob didn't play football in college. He doesn't know how endearing that term is. You guys took it as a compliment, right? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly, we love you it. Came in, you came in uh, under Coach Pierce from Jones College, transitioned to Southern Miss. Been talking to some of your teammates the last uh, few few weeks. How important was it? For that 2018, you know, you as an offensive lineman, when you step in the huddle, the quarterback, that that's his huddle. Was it weird for a redshirt freshman like Austin Davis to be leading the offense that year? Nah, man. Austin, uh, he's, a, he's a true leader, man. He's uh, I remember playing against him in high school at uh, West Lauderdale, and uh, we took it overtime, but he put the dagger in us. He finished us. And, uh, he, he always been that cat who just – who who can command a huddle, command a locker room, and just take it over. You know what I mean? That's that's what he did. 
Yeah, for for someone to be able to start, you know, in that type of offense with Larry Fedora as a redshirt freshman, spoke a lot to him, and he like me, he was a a former walk on. Was it was it difficult for you coming in the first year? Uh, because when Larry Fedora came in, it went to fast, fast, fast. How hard is it for an offensive lineman to go, you know, into a, a place where you're literally running up and down the field in a spread offense? I mean, it's all. It's just. It's really depending on your mindset. Really, I mean, to me, it was fun, you know, because like you never see offensive line like. You see defensive linemen rotating off offensive linemen. You always most likely they they consistently stick with that same five unless an injury is something occur. But you know, offensive linemen you get the you get the defensive linemen on their heels, and you know it's kind of fun. You know that fast pace offense is kind of fun. So it was it was it was fun to adjust to that. So, RJ, uh, the, the bio, you also indicate that you had a lot of success on special teams playing for the Golden Eagles. What role did you play in, in special team football, and how how much did you enjoy that aspect of the game? Uh, man, I mean, I was primarily on the field goal, uh, just protecting the field goal and on, on the field goal kick. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like we had a crucial moment. Uh, it was the New Orleans Bowl, and uh, – Oh, we, we I can't I can't quite remember, but it came down to a field goal to win it, and I uh, I think I would think it was, but it was on the defense end when they when I think it was Mike McGee he blocked it, you know what I'm saying that sealed it all. So you know what I'm saying that, that special team was a critical part that season. Right, we we talked to a guy last week. I, his name slips my mind now, but uh, he was a special teams player, and we we talked about. How many football games are won, RJ, with special teams? One play on a special team just so many times turns a whole football game around. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, special team, like, it's, it's special, you know. Like, you, you don't get that many chances at it. So, I mean, you almost it's almost like you got to be perfect at it. You know what I mean? Right. It's just like you don't, you don't get that many chances. You can't – I mean, you might on, on a regular down second and ten, you miss a play. You can try it again on third and ten, but on that special team, I mean, you miss that field goal. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, so it's, 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 it's to me, it's, it's actually more pressure. It's a lot of pressure on those people, the linemen, the kicker, the holder, man. Like, it's, it's a lot of pressure. I mean, you want your laces out. The laces in what is what six, three or uh, four and a half inches mm-hmm. on the laces. If it's turned in four and a half inches, that's the difference between winning the game, and losing the game. Right, and you know when you, when you see those kind of plays, everybody from the stands, their eyes are on the kicker. But there's so many things that take place prior to the guy kicking the ball. If you if that if everybody's not doing their jobs, chances are there's not even going to be a kick. Right, exactly, exactly, man. So every, everything is it's like a you're as strong as your, your weakest point, so you got to be strong everywhere. Right, and Luke, I will bet you'll attest to the importance of special teams players. <laughs> Being involved in basically all the phases of it, a- a- absolutely. It was uh, it, we called it the third phase. There's no second downs in the kicking game, and guys like RJ know that. RJ, um, you, you came out of Greene County. You uh, you won a state championship. Uh, you, you got to play in the Miss Al game, which is really really awesome. Particularly you guys down there by the Alabama state line. You played at Jones College. Where was Southern Miss in the midst of that? Did they recruit you in high school, or, or how did you end up at Southern Miss? Oh, uh, they recruited me a little bit in high school. I remember, uh, I can't remember the quarterback, the, the recruiter coach. He came and he talked to me a little bit. 
uh, I guess you know about me being a left tackle. I was I was on the side, session as uh, about six one, six two. I was on the side of left tackle, you know. But uh, to make a long story start, I just went in and gave my all at Jones, and I have I had plenty of scholarships available, and uh, I just I decided to stay home, you know, I'm ready to roll from USM. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's particularly, it seems like you were born to play in South Mississippi. <laughs> You're from, you played at, uh, you played at Green County. You went to Jones College at, at Southern Miss. It, people don't realize, and I think even football fans inside this state don't realize how special and, and really how competitive junior college football is in Mississippi. Yeah. Mississippi got the, I think Mississippi got the best Juco. College football, college in the nation, like hands down, man. I mean, hands down, easily. If you go look at all the, all the other guys, and I mean, you see who the guys, you see the guys that come from junior college that make it pro. You know, I played along with uh, Eugene Sims. He he played at Jones with me. Uh, you know, uh, uh, what was the guy from East Marion? Jonathan Abram went on to Mississippi State. He played for Oakland Raiders. You know, I mean. A lot, and there's more and more guys. There's just guys I can remember off the top of my head that that Juco College in Mississippi put our guys. Mississippi Gulf Coast they put our players also. So you know, in, in state Mississippi, John or Junior College is it's on a different level than the other state. Yeah, no question. Well, RJ, <laughs> where are you now, and and what are you doing in the last minute we have left? Oh man, I'm, uh, I'm still in uh Green County, my hometown, man. I ain't I ain't never left. I uh <laughs> I currently have my own uh transportation business uh that's what i'm doing i'm in the mall so i do all the things inside safety the consultant i got you yeah. so you are you are a green county man yeah i'm green county yeah. <laughs> well there ain't yes, nothing indeed. there ain't nothing wrong with that rj we appreciate uh we appreciate the contributions that you made to the southern miss football program and uh, we thank you very much for the time uh, you took out to talk to us today it's a pleasure talking to you uh, most definitely. Thank you, man. Anytime. All Anytime. Right. R.J. Brown, everybody, former offensive lineman and special teams guru for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Some breaking news here, Luke, as uh, we go into the break, and our buddy Al Holder just sent this to us. So the Cleveland Indians have announced their 55-man roster to summer camp, and Mr. Sandlin has made the 55-man roster go. for the Cleveland Indians. So uh, great, great news for the great Nick Sandlin. All right, when we come back, talking about special baseball players, Matthew Guidry joins the Eagle Hour right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, I want to thank R.J. Brown for joining us in the first segment of the show. Kelly Sander up next. Luke in the third segment will have a big announcement. They're going to wait and bring Kelly on uh, to let everybody know about that. Uh, we think you're going to enjoy this one. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. 
And uh, we hope that you'll always go there for your Southern Miss apparel. It's the best selection you'll find anywhere. You can go online to campusbookmark.net, have it delivered to your house, or if you want to just go to the store, they're now open. uh, Safe shopping conditions, open Monday through Saturday right across from the Southern Miss campus, and uh, they would be happy to see you there. All right, our next guest played in 178 baseball games for Southern Miss. He hit 321 in his batting career, 130 RBIs, 19 home runs. And when the season ended unexpectedly this year, he was on a 72-game on-base streak. The two-time team captain, Matthew Guidry, announced earlier this week that uh, this would would be his last at Southern Miss. He is not going to come back uh, even though uh, offered another year due to the COVID-19 outbreak. So we wanted to get Matthew on the show. He uh, graciously comes back on. First of all, Matthew, I want to congratulate you on a stellar baseball career. I was there to watch you play from the time you uh, came onto the campus until you left, and it was a joy. You were just a tremendous baseball player uh, for our program. What made you decide, Matthew, to move on and, uh, and start a new chapter in your life? Hello, we there? All right, Luke, I think we've lost him. I'm going to let you take over. I'm going to try to reconnect uh, with uh, Matthew Guidry. It's been a long uh, Well, here he is. So we got him back. I'm sorry, Matthew, we lost you at first. Uh, we can hear you now. Go go ahead. I'm oh, sorry about that. No problem. Um, no, nah, man, I appreciate the kind words. Um, it means a lot. Like that, that uh, really means a lot to me. Um, Southern Miss. Obviously, I wouldn't be the guy I am today if I wouldn't uh, come to Southern Miss for five years. And got definitely molded me into, uh, I think, I have a pretty good character. And um, I got up into, I can only thank uh, my parents and Southern Miss for that, that's for sure. Right. Well, you, you're right. You were you were there for five years. And, and even though there was a, another year of eligibility due to COVID-19, what was the thought process, Matthew? Uh, what was it that made you just... Find yourself ready to move on to a new chapter in your life. Well, there's a bunch of things that go into it. Um, I talked to my parents and uh, the people that are closest to me, like my little inner circle, and um, just kind of told them how I feel. You know, they like even though I played in however many games in my career, you know, there was a bunch that there were a bunch of uh, days where my body just wasn't cooperating with me. You know, I had a bunch of. Uh, Last year kind of plagued me with my – I had a bad hip that um, never really – never really got out, you know. We kind of kept it in a clubhouse in between, like, in between family. But um, so it's just kind of like my body's just kind of wearing down. And I kind of knew – or I kind of expected that um, if we would have played this whole season that my body um, wasn't going to be able to take – wasn't going to be able to take it. So, um I mean, that kind of played a big role into it. I mean, it's obviously not an easy decision, but, um, yeah, that's mainly it. You know, I just kind of felt like it was my time, and um, it's just kind of a decision I made. But, Matthew, what an incredible ride. I mean, what what a, what a five years you had on this baseball program. I, I, I'm going to guess there were so many highlights because the team has been so good uh, for the past several years that it would be difficult to – to pick one or two, but are there one or two moments that uh, that jump out in your mind? Um, I mean, I've said this multiple times. I think it's pretty impressive that, uh, and obviously, it's not a one-man show. I was a part. I was just kind of a a piece, uh, like a little 
um, piece in the puzzle for most of them. But having four conference championships under my belt, playing with great teams like that, you know, that's that's um, that's something that I'm very proud of and um, something I can hang my hat on. And I'm, I'm definitely going to tell my kids about because, you know, it's not every day that um, winning one conference championship by itself is a, is a tough task to uh, to accomplish. But four in my four years, and I think we would have gone for five in my fifth year, personally, because right. we definitely had a solid team this year, but um, no, I mean, that means that means the world to me, man, you know, it just kind of, it was, we always got back together for our ring ceremonies, and that's all I knew since I've been there, and that's a credit to the coaching staff and the players that they brought in, you know, it's just, they bring in good guys, and they bring in guys that are going to, they know that they're going to gel together in the locker room, and I think, uh, that's probably the biggest thing for me, man. That's, that's right. kind of impressed. I, I think that impresses me, and I don't. I, I'm a. My mom says I'm a pretty hard guy to impress. <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right, Luke, get in here. Gidry, um, congratulations to everything you've accomplished. And going back to the the guys that you were surrounded by, you know, you look when when uh, you'd been there the second year in the program in 2017 to get to host the regional. How, how much did the guys, even freshmen, as you're a senior this year, how much does the talent around you pick up your game as a leader? And even when you came in, the guys that you were looking up to, just being surrounded by talent. Oh, it's unbelievable, man. You know, you go out there and nothing, nothing's ever handed to you, that's for sure. You have guys out there every day that are that are putting on the line to get in the lineup. And, I mean, they also have that goal in mind as a team-oriented that, you're trying to get to Omaha, right? You're trying to go and win a national title. So, I mean, you got to know when to turn the selfishness off and kind of put the team first. Um, and I think that we had a bunch of guys that were able to do that, you know. I mean, that 2017, that 2017 team was uh, something pretty special, you know. I think that's probably one of the best teams in Southern Miss history. And, I mean, I'm, not, I'm pretty biased towards it, you know, being a part of it. Um, I'd agree. But, I mean, just going out, going out there every day, um, it's the day. It's the days where um, nobody's watching. You know, it's the fall scrimmages that you're going through. Everybody's pushing each other, um, and obviously the talent level there. You know, which I had a very. I was uh, I was in for a rude awakening whenever I got there because I thought I was something special, and I come to find out I was not <laughs> near the player that I thought I was. You know, so um, it um, it definitely it definitely feels good having to. Being able to play along with those guys, you know, learning from older dudes. My freshman year, whenever I was just riding, uh, whenever I had to ride the bench in a red shirt and just kind of um, go through that. And I mean, I think I learned more about the game of baseball that year than whenever I was actually playing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, they bring in a lot of knowledge, man. Like they're not just guys out there that are just pure raw talent. They bring in guys that know the game, and uh, or if they don't know the game, they're they're willing to absorb the game as far as like learning from teammates and coaches, you know, so that definitely pushes right. you to be, become one of those guys, you know what I'm saying? Whenever I was a freshman, we had dudes like Cord Cockrell, Tim Lynch, and um, Nick Dawson, just the list goes on and on. The whole senior class every year since I've been there has been unbelievable. So as a freshman, yeah. they're very welcoming and uh, they definitely know how to put you in your place whenever you, they feel like you're getting out of line, but <laughs> <laughs> they're very, they're easy, they're easy guys to talk to. You know what I'm saying? So, it, uh, yeah, you get the best absolutely. of both worlds of those guys, and I think that I think that goes a long way with uh, your development as a player, especially a young player. 
What is the one thing right now? I know it's hard because you're just you just got out of it, but what's the one thing immediately you're going to miss the most? Oh man, uh, I haven't tried to be thinking about that. Honestly, I've been just trying to. Um, <laughs> it's hard not. To, it's hard to think about. Yeah. It. Um, I don't know, man. I really think that it's crazy. Like you want to say like the regionals and all that stuff, but like, dude, honestly, the days where you just go in. It's a Saturday morning. You just got done scrimmaging late Friday, and then um, you go in there. You got a you got a game at the Rock that night, and um, all you're all you're trying not to think about is that football game. But at the same time, you got that you got campus buzzing, and you go out there and you kind of you just grind it out with some guys that are in your same position. And it's a pretty special feeling knowing that you're not in it alone. You know what I'm saying? It's a team. It's definitely a team uh, sport, and having everybody. On like on the same page on Saturday morning, whenever they're still due on the grass, um, a lot of people might complain about it. But whenever you got 35 guys and a great coaching staff that are willing to be there and give it their all while they're there, and uh, that's pretty special, man. That's something that like you don't really think about it at the time, but looking back on it now, I like really appreciate those days because it uh, it definitely builds character and it makes you really learn how to work for something that might be like a long-term goal but um i mean that's those those days were pretty special to me all right matt the only 30 seconds left but i I read this morning where scott van pelt on sports center a couple of weeks ago uh, called you out by name read your resume talked about your stats and congratulated you on your baseball career that had to be pretty cool to, to when you found out that had taken place Oh, yeah, that was pretty awesome. It, was, it came out of the blue, you know. I knew they were doing, like, the senior night thing, which I thought was an unbelievable idea. Um, I just – I was literally sitting on my couch playing Call of Duty with a couple of my friends, and, like, out of the blue, my phone starts blowing up with, like, on Twitter and stuff, and, like, people texting me saying they just saw me on ESPN. And I was like, we haven't, played, we haven't played in a long time. You know what I'm saying? So I don't right. know what they could be talking about. And uh, I got saw the clip, and I mean that's pretty special, you know. Scott Van Pelt, my favorite, and my family's favorite. I mean, we always watch him, and he he definitely knows how to do. He, he's good at what he does, you know. So no question, um, no question. Um, pretty special. Well, Matthew, uh, you've been pretty special. You've been real special. And uh, we've just thoroughly enjoyed watching you play, man. We wish you nothing but the best in your future life. And uh, a big thank you from the Golden Eagle Nation for your contribution to the baseball program. Absolutely. No no problem. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. All right. Matthew Gidry, everybody. Eagle Hour continues right after this. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Tuesday, greatly appreciate Matthew Gidry for stopping by and visiting with us on the phone and Wish him all the best as he uh, moves on past baseball and, and uh, enters the real world. And if uh, if you were ever to see Matthew out in, in Hattiesburg, just stop and, and tell him how much you appreciate what he uh, has done and his contributions 
uh, to Southern Miss baseball. Luke Johnson and Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Thank you for listening to the Eagle Hour today. Third segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, just across Highway 49 from uh, the university, and we greatly appreciate their support. Be sure to check out their Facebook page where you can see uh, what the entree will be on the 895 Daily Lunch. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly John Sander joins us, and Kelly, I hope you're sitting down. I've um, got some uh, breaking news uh, out of Oxford. We we learned that in, in mid-May, um, Ole Miss agreed to a home-and-home with Southern Cal. Uh, in late May, they agreed to a home-and-home with South Alabama, recently scheduled Alcorn State, but fresh off the press less than 40 minutes ago. Ole Miss has scheduled a home-and-home home with Charlotte. In 2026, <laughs> the Rebels travel up to uh, Charlotte. They go on the road in 2026, and then in 2027, Charlotte returns a favor in Oxford. They're inside Conference USA now, Kelly. What you think? Well, if my thinking is, is if you're going to go inside a Conference USA, particularly as tight as money is, I think, you know, if we're going to play somebody from Conference USA, I'd want to go to the team that's closest. Or, you know, or, or relatively close, which they could argue UAB in that case. Or, hey, I've got an idea. What about Southern Miss? No. Is available? No, no, no. Not, not going to happen. But they are driving through. What, what is, when do they play South Alabama, Luke? They will be driving through. We ought to, like, have some sort of, like, a little, you know, welcoming ceremony for them when they come down the highway. Yeah, we'll get the It'll Mayberry drum. They're actually doing the 2029 is when they go play at Hancock, yeah. Whitney, and Mobile. But now, Kelly, you have to admit it takes courage to take on the Charlotte 49ers. Well, you would think you would think that after booking the University of Phoenix too, that that you'd want to, <laughs> you know, to beef up that schedule some. So it certainly it certainly makes uh, certainly makes sense. Of course, if Pat Forday of CBS Sportsline gets his wish, he just for fun came out on CBS Sportsline this week and and reshuffled the NCAA cards. And actually called a conference in this area the Sun Belt, and what he would do just just based on geographic locations, he would have this conference called the Sun Belt, which would include teams like Arkansas, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Southern Miss. Mm. I'm sure they welcome us, don't you think? I think both schools would just welcome us with open arms. I think all the schools would welcome us with open arms, except for the two that you're you're referring to. And, and, you know, just for fun, fans have been going, well, you know, Southern Miss would be the doormat in football and and in basketball and and whatnot, and not so much in baseball. But then somebody else made a really good point. They said, would Southern Miss be the doormat if they had access to the funds that some of those other schools have access to? Correct. which Which is a really good point. You know, right. you could up, upgrade facilities, which would certainly... Oh, uh, I have said you know. it for a long time. If we were the worst team in the SEC and got the money that Ole Miss and Mississippi State have access to for the last 40 years, we would have a far greater winning percentage by far. Here, here's what my very wise father said upon hearing the news of the new home-and-home scheduled by um, Ole Miss uh, to go play Charlotte. My dad, who has been a Golden Eagle all his life, three simple words, they being Ole Miss, they are cowards. I love my father. (laughs) What do they gain by a series like that, guys? What do they gain by 
going to Charlotte, recruiting, North Carolina, and play. Recruiting. But, yeah, but, but how you, much are they recruiting? You expose in, your program. Well, I mean, you can get you can get into a footprint of ACC. I mean, you expand your footprint. That's the reason for it. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason for it. Um, they're going to play in front of uh, 15 people up there, and then you know uh, they're going to come back and play in Oxford the next year. Kelly, that's the only thing I can. The only thing you you do that you just expand your recruiting uh, your recruiting footprint. Yeah, I guess you could give them the benefit of the doubt. I just it just stinks to high heaven to me. I you know I, I just think it's kind of a you know, it, it's kind of like the bro code. You, you don't date your 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 friend's old girlfriend. You know, it, it's just not cool. And if you know if you're not going to play us, you don't go play somebody else in our league. Right. That's exactly the point. That's exactly right. And you know, yeah. you, you can't say that anymore about Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State has rescheduled some games with USM. We haven't really held up our end of the bargain in that deal. But I believe there's some games scheduled in the future. Am I not right about that, guys? There are a couple more games scheduled between those two schools. Yeah, I think I think that is right. It's a little bit further down the road. Uh, but you know, and, and Ole Miss will play us in baseball. You but know, that's there, it. There, there even has been a time that we've played each other in basketball. You know, albeit on the coast. I think of Coast Coliseum. Uh, and the NIT forced Ole Miss to come to, to Hattiesburg one year when Ed Murphy and MK Turk were the coaches of those respective programs but other than that i just i don't understand i just don't understand what the problem is and and you know the, the old miss folks could say well we have nothing to gain well what 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 do you have to gain by by playing south alabama what do you have to gain by beating charlotte yeah i mean yeah. that that's an old worn out excuse there right what what do you guys think is the reason because look, look let's be honest right now the Southern Miss football program, uh, not what it was when, I think it's fair to say, just not what it was when they were playing before. And the Golden Eagles were, were really Ole dominating and beating beat up us. Ole Miss pretty bad. Since I, since 2000, maybe 2016, but the last three years, Ole Miss would beat us. Right. Now, it, it would have been really, really good to see a Todd Munkin team against a Hugh Freeze team. Right. Some people may laugh me out of, of the state saying that. But give me Nick Mullins. Give me Nick Mullins. Give me a top Correct. twenty Tony Pecoraro defense, and let's just see what happens. Now, the last couple of years, you know, we got smoked by Tulane in the ball game. Ole Miss would even Ole Miss a four win, five win Ole Miss team would have beat us the last. So few why years. won't they play? But here's Luke. the thing. Well, they, in my we'll go to Oxford because they need the ticket sales because they had all thirty thousand people in the stadium last year, so they mm-hmm. need the ticket sales. And we, and being frank, we we want the SEC money. I mean, shoot, if you you got to think that when Charlotte goes there in in twenty twenty seven, they're going to get uh, maybe a million and a half, maybe a little more, mm-hmm. and we'll take that. I'm, I'd rather do. I'd rather play Ole Miss in Oxford than go to Auburn. I'd rather go to play Ole Miss in, in Oxford than go to to uh, to, to Texas A and M or Florida or even Georgia. Be, simply, be, it has it hasn't happened since nineteen eighty four, and it's going to not continue to happen for the great. They have zero interest. We have reached out to them. Every athletic director has reached out to them. When I played, we wanted a two game series. We all the only commitment was we'll come to you the first game, and the winner will go to their place the second game. So we were willing to go up there twice in a row zero interest no here's here's the other thing that that needs to be brought out under under normal circumstances you might even you might even be able to make that argument okay but now these these are extreme circumstances with covid money is tight you get on the phone to your buddies and you say look i know i know we've had our differences in the past but man let's keep our let's keep our money in state 
You know, let's let's help each other out here. It's a, it's a tough situation to be in, and you know, cut us some slack there a little bit. Let's let's get it done. Um, and you know, you think say, they well, want to help us, Kelly? You really think anybody in Oxford wants to help anybody in Hattiesburg on the football front? Under normal circumstances, no. But I'm saying, you know, if you if you're if you're going to give this money away, why not give it away to somebody in state? Well, yeah, I mean that makes you a know? ton of common sense, but. Uh, it's never going to happen in mine in your lifetime, Kelly. They're never going to play. They're never going to play Southern Miss in football. And I think the only reason they play in baseball right now is because of Mike Bianca. Well, and, and the baseball program. I mean, you know, you beat a Southern Miss baseball program. That's 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 helping your RPI. It's you know, Southern Miss's baseball reputation is is stellar. You know, so so you do have something to gain by beating a, a Southern Miss baseball team. You know, Mississippi State you know plays Southern Miss in baseball too. Correct. So it, it all I just don't understand why in football. Yeah, why it can't and football? Happen. We should make that note right. Well, I yeah, can't yeah. understand why they're not playing each other in basketball. I even I, yeah, I hesitate to bring this up because we've been arguing this for I guess twenty years now. But basketball is another sport. There's no. There is no common sense reason for these three schools not to be playing in basketball before their conference schedules start, right, Kelly? I agree. Yeah, I agree. And and you know, I go back to my home state. I consider Mississippi my home now. I've lived in Mississippi longer than anywhere else. But where when I was, you know, I was born in the state of Iowa, and there's two, there's two no more rivals that, that dislike each other more than Iowa and Iowa State. But man, they play in everything. Right. You know, it, it's good bragging rights for you know for the team that that happens to win. It's great revenue. It's it's good, uh, you know, water cooler talk for the fans of each school. It's just really healthy. Right. Um, and, and we I should that, we should mention they're not in the same conference either. That's very important in that in that point you make. They're not. They're, you know, Iowa's in the Big Ten and and Iowa State's in the in the Big Twelve. But I mean, so, you know, Ole Miss and, and Southern Miss are not in the same conference either. Well, no, guys, I'm saying to to your point, yeah. they, they they aren't forced yeah. to play; they willingly play each other. Right. Not going right. to happen. So, hope they enjoy their date in Charlotte, and uh, we will I, move on. Don't, don't didn't you hear, Bob? Didn't you hear that the, they're bringing up a new sport in Oxford? It's called dodgeball. It's going to be an official program of the <laughs> University of Mississippi. I love it. Yeah, Kelly Sander, take care of yourself. We'll talk to you tomorrow, brother. Hey, do we got high school news, or are we done for the day? Uh, we're done for the day, but we will All be right. back with you tomorrow. Talk to you then. Hi, right, buddy. Kelly Sander, everybody. From Atlanta, Georgia, we'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Four second of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, or online, toyotahattiesburg.com. You can go on their website. You can view their entire inventory, uh, new, pre-owned, certified vehicles. You can also value your trade-in, secure financing, and all that's with uh, Toyota of Hattiesburg. So check out our good friends. Uh, when you're looking for your next ride, go see our friends at Toyota of Hattiesburg. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. On the phone now with Carl Reynolds to tell us about uh, some exciting news 
Uh, minor league soccer coming uh, to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Coach Reynolds will serve as the head coach of the Southern States Club, and he joins us now. Coach, this is exciting. I was watching some uh, some FA uh, Cup last night, and the MLS is about to kick up. And how cool is it that we're going to have soccer in South Mississippi? Yeah, well, uh, obviously we're extremely excited. I appreciate you, you guys having us on. Um, Obviously, we've uh, we've all been on lockdown from any type of sport, so I guess any type of sport right now is exciting. But but yeah, we we absolutely love the game of soccer, and and to be able to bring a minor uh, league team to to Harrisburg is is extremely exciting. So the inaugural season will begin in 2021. It'll start in May, run through August. Uh, I know this part of the country is special to you. Uh, you played um, at William Carey. William Carey has a just a phenomenal history with soccer on the NAI level. And uh, I know it, it's, this is special for you to be able to pour back professionally now into a community where you played college soccer. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't speak highly enough of my time at William Carey. And, um, and obviously I'm working with Nigel now, who was my coach at the time, and um, and the guys there now on the, the men and women's program doing a fantastic job. And, um, obviously now to be able to bring a, a high level in and be able to, um, you know, kind of put my stamp on, on the way I like the, the game to be played and, and hopefully grow the game in this area. We're just, as I said, extremely excited. We've got fantastic facilities and, and now we just want to kind of back it up with, with a great program. Um, that kind of coincides and runs alongside our youth program. So um, it's exciting for the youth kids in the area. It's obviously exciting for us to be able to bring some some top players in from from other places as well and and, and kind of merge them together, and and hopefully we can get some good results along the way. National Premier Soccer League will be 94 teams. You will be in a conference, the Gulf Coast Conference, with seven other teams, Biloxi, New Orleans, Jacksonville, some other places. Um, kind of real quick, walk us through. Uh, you're excited. I know, of course, a new stadium's going up in Oak Grove. Tell our listeners about that. Yeah, so we, um, we've just broke ground on um, that the field itself is actually already there. Um, we just broke ground on the, the new offices, video analysis rooms, uh, locker rooms, um, and, and, and all of that stuff, obviously, for the players and for the staff. And then on the other side, all the, the brand new bleachers and everything are going to go up. And I believe that the club are going to be doing an announcement on that in the, in the not-so-distant future. Um, but we're hoping to be able to, to seat around 2,000 people, which would be really good. And if wow. we can fill it, if it can fill it, we'll be, <laughs> it'll be even better, you know? Yeah, so that's good. So uh, with the time that we've got left, uh, how will the players be assembled and what's the timeline leading up to May 2021? Yeah, so um, obviously we're, we're going to have a couple of open club tryouts um, so that you know anyone from anywhere can, can come in and get looked at. And then obviously our, our scouting system will, will go all over the, the state, the region, the country, and then obviously outside the country as well with a lot of contacts we have. We, we do want to make sure that we, um, we give the opportunity to local players, um, and, and obviously in particular our, our current youth academy players. Um, but it's just going to be a lot of work between now and particularly Christmas um, to, to really hone in on the, on the players that we want. And then from there, it's, um, it's hoping that we can bring them in, hoping that this COVID situation goes away. Um, and then we'll start to bring these players in around March, April next year and, and, and get ready for, for the season to commence. 
It's exciting. Uh, anytime there's another professional sport being added, and soccer is one of those that has uh, just taken off in the United States. And Coach Reynolds, we wish you all the best, and uh, we'll have you back on the Eagle Hour as we get get closer to that. But congratulations on breaking the ground, and and uh, man, let's get some good players in here and have some great uh, soccer in the Hub City. Thanks so much for coming on the Eagle Hour today. That's the plan. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you, sir. That's Carl Reynolds, who will be the head coach of the brand-new Southern State uh, Soccer Club in Hattiesburg. And, Bob, when you look at that league, 94 teams, uh, but the conferences, you'll have, some, you'll, you'll have some Biloxi rivalries. You'll have some New Orleans rivalries. So always cool. And, and man, breaking a, already breaking ground, 2,000-seat uh, stadium out in Oak Grove. Um, all good things come from Oak Grove, I guess. You're out there today, Matthew Gidry's from there. Now we're going to have a professional soccer team in Oak Grove. Well, that is good news, and I think in a town that has, you know, a women's soccer team at USM, and they play obviously very good soccer at William Carey. I, I think it'll make a go, Luke. I think it's a, I think yeah. it's a feasible idea. It is, and and with Carl, uh, if you if you missed that part of the interview, listeners, he actually played soccer at William Carey. So a lot go. of stuff going on. Ex- exciting to be. Um, my question, Bob, when Ole Miss rolls out that uh, dodgeball <laughs> season tickets, are you going to purchase the I've first? Gotta, I'm uh, going to be the first in line, my friend. I wouldn't miss that for the world. <laughs> All right, that wraps it up for today. Ole Miss will be playing Charlotte. Nick Sandlin makes the 55-man roster for the Cleveland Indians. That is great news, and uh, we congratulate him. So a breaking news day and a good news day. And a special thanks to Matthew Gidry for joining us. It was great to talk to him. And one more thank you to Matthew Gidry for all he's meant to Southern Miss baseball. Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.